home audio entertainment 9016 radio the show for artists of all kinds sit down relax enjoy the music Welcome everyone. This is the, again, the most people I've had in the podcast studio at one time. It's pretty cool to have a decent number of you. I'm hopefully, hopefully we're going to have a good chat and bounce off each other. Now, introduce yourselves because I don't actually know how to pronounce the name of the band and I didn't want to get it wrong. So <laughs> let's start off with that. Let's start off with the name and where it came from and how you guys, I guess, came to be. Well... We're in Porpoise. It is Porpoise. Okay, yes. Cool. I, I had that in my mind. I was like, oh, I yeah. want to make sure before I go, belting it out. Um, yeah, it's surprising the amount of people that actually don't know how to say our band name, to be honest. We, yeah. get, we hear poor poise a bit. Um, I admittedly have said that. Yeah. I thought it was that, but I wasn't sure. Um, well, it's named after the, the type of citation. Just the minus button, down to like two. Sorry, I forgot to do that before we started. The noisy fans going off. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. Thank you very much. Cool. So, where did the name come from? How did you guys come up with the name? Um, we spent a long time looking at names, like looking for names. And I think in the end, we like found the best way to find a name was to go through all of our saved albums on Spotify oh, yeah. and individually check out every single song name. Yeah. So, so have you guys already been sort of a collective before you are the band that you are now? Like, who, who's sort of the original people? Because you say like previous albums, like you, you guys oh. have you two sort of done work. Oh, together? No, 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 not our like, previous albums. Oh, I see, I see. Saved too. albums. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. I understand. Yeah. But um, me and Lucy were a band beforehand. Oh yeah. So we were a band in a band called the Rhododendrons. Oh yes. And then we um, like split up like we just didn't yeah the just what we wanted to do musically was quite different for both of us they kind of wanted to make more like i don't know I guess, Bothy stuff. yeah probably sure. folky like they didn't like all the long slow songs we yeah, were yeah. like wanting to we write like so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we just like went our separate ways and yeah. formed this band instead that's cool that's cool that you could at least I guess come to an agreement or a point where you guys are like we're not on the same page here. Like, was yeah. it sort of a mutual agreement or was <laughs> it? <laughs> it is we had Tom come in for some uh, secret jams yeah. <laughs> at one point. Oh, no. um, but it's all like it's it's yeah, fine it's now. Fine I'm now. playing. A, they're still the Rhododendrons. I'm playing a gig in another in one of my other bands. Cool. Like with them soon. Yeah. yeah. And like Sweet. stuff's fine. We awesome. got them to That's open to for us at the start of the year at another gig. Oh, cool. It was and it was great. Level yeah. the playing yeah. field was, a bit. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's awesome. So you've started Porpoise. How did that start? Like, who was the, who was the idea? It was started with you two, is that right? Yeah. 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 And so how did you branch out? How did you start finding the sound? And I guess when did you develop the other band members? Was it just a matter of sort of putting the word out there or...? I guess it was just Joel and I, like, eventually, because I used to be in a band before the Rhododendrons, which was called Soy Milk. So originally the Rhododendrons kind of formed to be like a continuation of that oh, okay. band, which was like we kind of made like indie pop punk yeah. music. So I guess we kind of started off like not sure what to do. I was playing the keys and I wasn't like singing at the start of the band. And then eventually it changed to like I was writing stuff on the guitar and like writing stuff to riffs Joel came up with. And this then is I, early Rhododendrons. Yeah, this is context. early Rhododendrons now. And then... Like I um started singing and writing lyrics and then I kind of John and I just became like the main songwriters for the rhododendrons because like at the start we all kind of swapped around and yeah. all had a go but then um yeah so we started just writing music together and kind of found our own sound and then I guess that's when we started kind of separating from what the other two members of sure. the band wanted to do yeah cool. I remember one um thing was like. Me and Lucy would sometimes test out our songs at open mic nights at Dog with Two Tails, just with like two guitars. Yeah. And one time we were there and Tom was just having a drink and he was like, ooh, like, and like I knew Tom played drums because I'd met him at the skate park before. Yeah. And we'd like discussed music taste before exactly. and it was all pretty adjacent. Yeah, he, so. he tuned my guitar to the Nevermint tuning, instead of playing Nevermint, I was like, we start Bro. a band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. So, like, so organic. That was like when, like, Rodendron split up. It was kind of like, well, we want Tom. Mm -hmm. We knew that. And then I was going to art school, 
And I knew City like slapped the bass. Well, <laughs> yes. Play the bass. And I, was just I slap like, a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, City, uh, band's broken up. You want to you play bass? <laughs> right. Had you been in a band before, City? Uh, like in high school. Cool, yeah. Yeah, with a few of my friends. So early days. And then actually with Felix as well. True, yeah. yeah. Uh, my flatmate Felix. Yeah, yeah. cool. Awesome. We, yeah, sort of. We played a few gigs together, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. And then after that, nah. Not so much. No, not really. So was it a fairly new concept? Well, not not a new concept, but like a, a different feeling this time around being in a band? Like, I presume you've sort of been doing music of your own sort of in between those two yeah. points. Is it cool being back in a band setting? Or yeah, like definitely. Your, I've never like played fan? this many gigs so, like back to back. Yeah, you before. guys have been pretty prevalent with shows recently, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah getting well, the name out yeah, there, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's been really cool. Awesome, that's cool. Um, Yeah, but I mean, love being in band with everyone and yeah awesome so you, would you say collectively you're all pretty much like on the same wavelength not to chop and dice the I band think so. up, there's but definitely like i feel like tom and city have a lot of overlapping interests in terms yeah. of like cool. more like electronic music yeah yeah and then like well lucy and alan is just because they're well how did you guys meet like, yeah because um like john and i when we started recording our EP, we knew that we maybe wanted to try and put some cello into it. And like, because I studied classical piano at university, I'd recently had to do a piano trio as part of my course. Oh, wow. And so I had to play like with a violinist and a cellist. And that's how I met Ellen. And then, um, yeah, just because she was like, I just knew her and she was a cellist. I was like, would you be keen to play some cello for our band to record? Cool. Um, and I guess initially it was like, we'll just try it out on a few songs and then like kind of see what happens. But then we just like ended up playing on every song. And then it was like, we played at a gig in Christchurch and we played with Ellen, but we hadn't played at Ellen at, with Ellen at like our other gigs before. And we really noticed a difference in the sound. Like, mm. I don't know, like, and in the reaction, like when we had Ellen on the cello, everyone was like really, really positive about I don't know. Everyone was really hyped by that, and we we're like, "We need, Definitely. we need you." In it's the a band. cool element to have in a band because I think a lot of, at least of what I've seen out of Dunedin, there's not a lot of that. You know, sort of more traditional instruments in a band setting. So yeah. it's pretty a pretty exciting part to have of a group like that. Definitely brings another element. So that's really cool. So then Lucy and Alan have that overlap where they can just like talk and sheet music and notes to yeah. each other and like have those. Like interests and yeah, so, like, play at the scale. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Perfect. No, you're all good. Just want to get the best sound we can. And there it goes. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. There's definitely a big um, music of lives, and then me and Lucy, just like yeah. very big music snobs, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like it's dangerous levels sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd I say. Oh, oh there you go. I was gonna say. I'd say everyone's on like pretty much on the same page, but just pointing at different parts of the page. Yeah, yeah for sure. With their tastes, yeah. like it's all pretty, pretty aligned. That's cool. So, so when you when you guys are coming up with a new song, where does it all start? Like, is it all sort of come from your end, or does everyone sort of chip in now? Like, are you guys at a point where everyone's sort of contributing ideas, or do you find it sort of just happens as you go along? Like, who sort of gets the ball rolling? So I think me and Lucy probably. I mean, I would like to kind of transition into a more of a jam kind of thing. But me and Lucy spend, like, heaps of time together. Mm. And a lot of the time that just turns into me, like, wasting time on the guitar. <laughs> and then, like, a lot of the stuff will come out. Either I make a riff or Lucy makes a riff. We kind of get a loose kind of structure to what, like, an idea for how the song might want to sound. And then we'll bring it in. And see if anyone thinks it's a good idea <laughs> and then we might like do some more and like maybe take some ideas from everyone else too but and then the song completely changes like often yeah. we'll add a complete new part because tom's like well what if we like change the time signature here well, and you getting know, technical yeah yeah <laughs> yeah what so. if we made it different <laughs> that's cool like, like i guess like the, the dun, final dun, dun. the final result though like i guess it's sort of a collective thing in the end like if it does get to that point where everyone sort of contributed like is there any one decider of what like yes this is porpoise or this is not porpoise you know even like the the songs that have that we've been coming out with 
like post the original ones that um, Joel and Lucy brought f like from pre-Porpoise. It changes every time. Like mm. the sound progresses every time we write a new song, um, which mm. is really, really cool. Yeah, so I think it's going to keep changing because everyone just goes, well, yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Let's stick with that. That's kind of the idea, right? You want it to be sort of ever be changing, ever evolve. Like it's hard to sort of try and make the same kind of music over and over or you know at least there might not be any enjoyment that comes along with that you know you probably find there becomes a sort of a repetition in how everything's formulated but to be original is to chop and change so it kind of has to head in that direction anyway and especially when you've got five heads in there sort of trying to figure out what's happening it's pretty easy to make those things go side to side right yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. have you guys found that like during practices and things like is it all sort of go pretty swimmingly like how how do you find you guys you five work actually as a band now like i know it could be a broad question but do you think like in a jam session you can sort of translate like you two can you sort of translate what it is you're trying to get across pretty easily or does it again sort of come because you're saying like it might go to tom and might come up with a different beat drum beat or you might come up with a different bass line cd and it sort of goes direction does it all happen pretty quickly do you think blue well is probably the one song we have that kind of came out as a product of something like that like we kind of finished John and I kind of wrote this whole song and then we just played it and finished and then Tom was like oh this reminds me of this song like what if we tried to do something like this and then he came up with a drum beat and then we all just jammed to that like kind of started off basing it on something that we'd already written and then Tom was like oh how about you like change this bass line at some point city and then we all jammed that and it sounded really sounded really good yeah a and lot of our jams are just like like 20 minute trance <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> like going on. no one sick. talks all feeling it yeah. real hardcore yeah. and i guess that's where like a lot of the, those post-rock or shoegaze elements come because <laughs> yeah i was just our default jam is just like slow yeah yeah just, when's this gonna end like real hyp hypnotic just yeah. repeats yeah it's yeah. so crazy i've never yeah, been a part of a jam session so I, I can i can only imagine what it's like to oh, sort of be involved good. in that yeah, yeah. it's really crazy and just just how this sort of music comes together still amazes me just like the concept of a band like the bands that have on here are like people that have been in bands that have had on the show i'm always like how do you actually like come up with a song? Cause it's just so foreign to me to actually be like, cause the only experience I've ever had in making music is just on my computer, which is just almost a totally different world. Like it's, it's a different orchestration altogether. And it's also just me doing it. You've got everyone sort of working all together. It's so crazy. Well, it's like on the computer, it's kind of like making art on the computer, right? Like, mm. like you make art on the computer. It's really hard to kind of get that like sense of like natural error like that just happens constantly when you're yeah. doing a painting in person mm -hmm. and like when you're on a computer i feel like in my experience like you have to know what you want to make whereas when you uh well i don't know i'm speaking from very limited experience here but, so am i but, it's but when i'm like <laughs> when it's on the guitar you just could accidentally hit any random note yeah true and that just ends up sounding yeah. Cool, you know, like, that's yeah. a big thing you play something accidentally and you go oh my god yeah actually you guys repeat that yeah <laughs> i'm gonna try and redo this accident that's uh, we'll see how see how it goes it makes it way more organic that way i suppose as well it's sort of the unknown of what might happen in one session as opposed to going right this is the piano roll and this is all the notes that i can see there in front of me and i'm going to click where i want the things to go you know it's a whole nother thing because i have no musical talent i suppose i can't play anything so to me it's it's just like reading the book of what music is and doing it rather than actually like discovering the music it's, you know it's totally really similar to painting to be honest for mm. me and in, in my um experience and you're still you're still talking physically versus digitally and that's just too. just the whole process yeah like it's full of happy accidents yeah and sometimes you like spend hours on something and you've just got to be like this is shit yeah what am i doing <laughs> and a lot of times like i'll be painting or writing a song and i've been like i have nothing left in me to say yeah. at all like this is going nowhere mm. and then you push through it and you do one little like mistake and then it's just like yeah actually like i'm pretty good oh, this is really good <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's really cool about like um 
writing music with other people as well as yeah. opposed to just by yourself because if you get if you get stuck and you think i've got there's like nowhere else i can take this idea and then you get stuck in that loop and it's finished there whereas when you've got four other people's ideas like coming out bits at a time you can just build straight on that yeah and that's like a fresh bit of inspiration that you can take your stuck idea yeah. and turn it around that's a bit. so good yeah and that's probably one of the greatest parts about having a band rise is other people there to have instant recognition rather than making beats on your laptop and being like oh yeah sick next one or like try and evolve it somehow because you're right like that that loop cycle is dangerous because you can literally get stuck and especially if you if you make something and you get it to a point where you're happy with it and you return to it again this is only the the only way i can relate to this in the digital realm is that you just listen to sort of the beat again or whatever and if you listen to it too much without altering anything or sort of starting a new concept within that, it just becomes what the song is and you exactly. can't do anything exactly. else to it because if you change it, then you're like, ah, that doesn't sound right because you've got this idea already stuck there. Yeah. That's that's an interesting process to hear about how you guys come up with that. And with writing with other people as opposed to by yourself as well. I always tend to think, like I'll have with, if I've got like a cool riff or a cool progression, that I'm writing by myself and every part of the song is up to me. I always get stuck in the why am I doing this particular thing as opposed to literally anything else <laughs> that could be in there. Why am I choosing that one thing? Whereas when other people bring ba- like base ideas that can be worked on, that's, I don't know, that's when better ideas come out. Definitely. It's like a, something you would have never thought of but can apply your thinking to and it. mm-hmm. it's something completely different. Yeah. I find it hard to, like, come up with stuff by myself. So often it's, like, Joel will come up with something and I kind of just, like, steal it and just change it. <laughs> a lot of the time is also how we write things. That's and cool. And it's another thing I could say to that is it's it's it must be so gratifying and so, like, to be able to build an idea immediately with someone else there is something that I've never really had so any idea that's ever come from just me gets to a point where i can be happy with it and i can live with it or it, you know it, it does eventually change into something else but it can also just get so stale because it's your own thing i don't know if any of you guys can relate to this just just having work in general that's your own can be hard to even become accustomed to so if someone else can take an idea that you already think is pretty good you've got someone else's influence that you're always going to prefer because it's not your own work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so much easier to be, you you always want to, you know, how can I, how can I explain this? You always want to like typically would want to buy a nicer version of something than you would try to make it, you know, cause it's like, it's done for you and it's someone else's work there that you can sort of see. I don't know how to explain it. Oh, Hopefully no, that yeah. makes sense to yeah, someone. Yeah. 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 Cause I just, I find that constantly. I'm like, like oh, I can do, I can do something to the best of my ability, and think oh that's great like I'm actually doing the work that I like, and then I'll scroll through, scroll through Instagram and I'll see another painter's painting come up and like mm. oh fuck like yeah, that's so much better than my like what am I doing yeah, it's hard. back to square one you know you get in a trap like that for yeah. sure and then you get in a trap like copying something like that yeah like, yeah I'll, and I'll there's a fault to line too exactly. line between copying and taking influence yeah exactly. Like, I'll be riding a riff and it's like, no, stop, Joel. That's like Country New Road. <laughs> stop. Yeah. That's so funny. Stop, Joel. That's Metallica. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably the More most common one. It's, it's hard, though, because, like, I feel like everything you do is sort of born from influence, right? Like, oh, to, to be able to be something, make something that's so organic is, is near impossible, especially these days. Like, almost anything that you could think of. It's there in some way, shape, or form. Even if you write something completely original on a guitar, you've still done it on a guitar. Like, you can name thousands of people that have done stuff on a guitar. Like, to take it to that sort of the broad sense of it, like, there's always something that's been done. So, whatever yeah, you think the, of is going to stem from something. In the broad sense, nothing is original at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of have to accept that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, that's, that's probably the first step to sort of creating something original is realizing that. It's probably not going to be original, you know, understanding that concept as a whole. Yeah. I feel like that's something you and, like, I watched you and uh, Ruben's podcast. Oh, yeah. Three Quarter Marathon. So, I feel like that was kind of something you guys were touching on where you were like, how do you even get these ideas for the songs? How do you get the structures? And he was kind of like, well, like, 
I listen to this kind of music all yeah, the yeah. time. Like this music like exists and it's like I don't know, like that's definitely like yeah. we we're, we're not really making anything new and now when we're creating I something. I think like, the main thing like the kind of the only way you can make original music now is almost like combining ideas yeah. that already exist but combining them in a way that's not been done before. Yeah, for sure. Is kind of like Definitely. Something I was talking to my last guest, Paul Wiley, you guys probably know Paul, mm. um, was a similar sort of thing to that, like, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. What did you just say? I was just oh, going to know what like, you just said. You can't really create anything completely original. You kind of just have yes. to take. Yeah. Blending two things. Yeah. Right. So, so we were talking about sub-genres of music and the massive sub-genres of music that there are all these elaborate titles for these genres that are in between things like mm -hmm. that sort of seems to be the way that music ends up being and people just are able to slap these categories onto music because it's somewhat in between this and that and i just sort of mm -hmm. get so lost and i'm like what the hell is fun. not hyperpop <laughs> and hyperpop and all so i can't even give an example but there's so many weird it's like in you know how like in marketing right like there used to be just salt and vinegar chips ready soda <laughs> chips and chicken chips but then like that tail off marketing is actually way more effective where yeah. someone wants cheeseburger flavored chips oh, and all those people who want like you know like all the apple fire ones. ones and stuff like <laughs> but you have a way bigger market with all those yeah. all those little ta trail off ones yeah, so then yeah. you have like math rock and you have like post metal like yeah, exactly hardcore stuff like you have this i don't know i feel like that's like the natural way everything kind of yeah ends sure. up going off because you have like more people who connect with it rather than just like rock and roll you know, yeah that's so true and, that's so true. and with like the unprecedented unprecedented access to whatever you could want to listen to yeah. You'll find a rabbit hole. You'll go down. Oh yeah, for sure. definitely. Everyone just diversifies in that yeah. way. Definitely, it's so it's so weird to think how many worlds exist in music. Like the amount of yeah, again, like categories there are of music. You, it's you can come across that thing and be like, wow, this is totally new. And then you find there's a whole audience for this music as well that dress a certain way or live in a certain place or do things in a certain way. You're like, wow. See, this and that's another thing as well. What you're saying about. Um, with like a facet of like originality being taking different ideas like from different types of music and putting them together it's what i find to be um i don't know affecting what i see as the originality of something is where it came from inspirationally like mm. there could be like two songs that or two bands that sound really really similar but um and write songs that are Auditory, auditorially similar mm. but will have different aesthetics and like listen to like themselves personally listen to way different music and how they've put together that uh, sphere of influence from different sources like even if the the two products sound the same one can mean a con like completely different thing mm. yeah i absolutely agree with you on that one eh? like context it's so like everything and music and i feel like a lot of people feel like it shouldn't be like it like if these two things sound the same or it sounds good like why does it matter like if this one came out in like 1990 and this mm. one came out 2017 it's like it makes mm. the world of difference that yeah. one of them came out in 1990 because this is the person who's like fully innovating yeah. and what and like even without like the time difference just like within emo bands, for example, the people who don't listen to emo, they could, you could listen to, I don't know, there's some shit emo out there. <laughs> there's, some, there's some great emo, there's but emo. And to like a non-emo listener, there could be two bands that sound really, really similar. But one band came from like, I don't know, listening to like, they came from the more hardcore side, say, yeah. um, and another band came from the whiny fucking... <laughs> like pop emo side yeah. and end up at a place that sounds similar but mm. it's a i don't know it's a completely different thing yeah and same sort of i guess general outlook on this style as well is all sort of in, within the same thing so it sort of ends up in this wider genre because everyone's sort of got the same sort of mindset going into yeah, it yeah and like the ego that comes with it as well like if people are making this sort of music but taking the piss out of themselves or if they're really serious or if they're if it's like just super ironic why are they doing it? 
it makes such a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. The end product might sound the same. Definitely. There's no pattern to that either because I can love someone who's like super serious about it and super like insecure. Mm. But I can also love someone who's like the biggest dick about it. with the fucking best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, look, no at, you look at the amount of people that are like super famous. <laughs> you look at the Jesus and Mary chain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah so good. And they're just like... Because we're the best. <laughs> Listen, the people people love that. Like, like there'll be so many people that will look at that and go, oh, God, "Like, who are these guys?" But then a lot of people go, "Like, well, yeah, like you can't dispute it." You know, yeah. some people are really just the greatest, and yeah. they know it. Like, you know, like a Kanye type would be like, "I've made the greatest rap album of all time," and it's and like, he probably yeah, did. he kind of did. Like, <laughs> that just happens as well. But also that egotistical thing, like. A, a lot of what I see um, in a genre of music that I listen to just in that sort of hip-hop world, this sort of new-aged hip-hop pop style music is that a lot of these kids that are making this music are putting on that personality of like, yeah, I'm the best up-and-coming rapper around this and this and that because it gets attention. Everyone's like, who the hell is this guy? Mm. And then they'll either like live up to that or they'll just completely vanish, you know? So it's 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 it can be something that really helps you in a way to sort of have just that subtle sort of, that sort of David Bowie-esque like, And that's, you know? a, that's a huge punk influence as well, yeah, I think. Like definitely. within modern rap like definitely. that. Um, is like with the, I don't know, the ego they have surrounding... Um, the SoundCloud era with all the crazy colored hair and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah, a yeah. punk attitude. And um, even like sonically, there's so many like, I don't know, punk and like noise rock elements that come yeah. through. And, Dirty 808s and, and yeah, yeah, saturated yeah, yeah. instruments and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like real like distorted, um, like distorted bass lines and, and vocals as well. Yeah. It's super heavy. So crazy. And that's like the number one genre in the world right now is that kind of music. And it's, I think a lot of what boosts that genre of music is internet culture too. Like it's almost memeable music, you know, and that's what everyone is really taking in on social media is memes and video content like that. That's just so obscure. And And they all have their like whole thing, their whole aesthetic, like, oh, this dude's got fucking rainbow colored teeth. And (laughs) this dude is half and half here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, everyone is so unique but there's still a hole to look at like a whole type of personal genre within that like yes one guy's colors here is red and one guy's green but they've still got colored here you know like it's all it's all the same sort of thing that's crazy so um you guys like i've said before you guys have been pretty prolific in the scene at the moment i see you guys names popping up quite a lot recently is that an adjustment for most of you guys to do the whole gig thing is that sort of a first for everyone or are you some of you guys used to it some aren't how does it compare to like doing classical stuff like alan and lucy mm, that's a good question i'm like used to doing quite a few concerts sometimes but like yeah obviously sometimes not like the spaces that they're in and things are quite different or the contexts mm. or you know some a lot of concerts you'll just rock up and play and then leave again whereas like with gigs and stuff there's more of that context and social aspect and sure yeah yeah. that kind of thing but typically people more i guess like when you're in the classical scene there's probably a a broader and older audience with that as well so you have a certain type of audience that's there to see and the difference between a concert and a gig a lot of the time is sort of the sitting or standing thing as well so you've got people that are there to you know sort of experience i guess the music and then other people there that are like to be part of the music sort of thing mm. as well so has that been quite an adjustment for you mm, not too bad i think you've already got the sort of stage presence down i suppose so it's yeah, just adapting yeah. that and like i have played some non-classical stuff like here and there in the last wee while but um so it's not totally new but, yeah. yeah cool that's cool. kind of a lot easier <laughs> than playing classical so true actually yeah <laughs> it's like I don't know, and I find it quite fun too. Like, I don't, I think coming from a classical background and always being a classical performer, it's like playing with a band for the first time, it's like, oh, I'm actually enjoying myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> while performing, and this is fun. And it's just, I don't know, I think it's kind of like makes it easier to be confident as well because it's kind of like you have to like deal with a lot of pressure being the only person playing one instrument so it's like when you've got a band to support you it doesn't seem as scary yeah and for sure it'll definitely be coming from a piano background yeah. like because i've done a bit of orchestra stuff or 
that kind of thing and so you kind of it's a different kind of group experience but you still have that and like you know when I do a solo cello recital at the end of the year like well I've actually got a piano accompanist so I'm not actually alone Mm. for most of the pieces that you do so it's sure yeah a bit different as well yeah and when you're playing the classical music am I right in saying that a lot of what you're performing isn't music that you've written Oh, or were you writing? None of it. Yeah. So yeah, that's another huge difference, right? Like so like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're playing the music you want to play when you're in a gig, right? You're not just playing something that you've sort of learned, which which has obviously gratification to be able to learn something complex that someone else has written to be able to form that back is, is pretty gratifying. But obviously why you're enjoying it a lot more is because it's it's your music. You know, you do what you want. you got your friends around you. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So much more relaxed too, eh? Like, yeah. yeah. The funny thing is that you can sort of tell Alan comes from a classical background because she's always at <laughs> Practice before any of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> practice at seven, and we yeah. get there at like seven thirty, and Alan's just been quietly waiting. Like, yeah, oh, how long have you been here? Oh, not long. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a lot of theory involved in your sort of part of the band as well? Like, are you sort of looking at things structurally? I'm just presuming to sort of comparing the two genres, or can you do you come in because you've got sort of the knowledge from playing classical? You find it's pretty easy for you to jam. You just sort of have to know. Yeah, I like not so good jamming or like kind of having structure to improvisation because like you can just go off and play whatever, but having that kind of, you know, like when you've got eight bars or whatever, you've got to have some way to tie it together or make it make sense in that space or have it link from something else in the music. And so like that kind of side of it, I'm definitely like a bit new to. Sure. But um, yeah, definitely prefer that kind of like, oh, what note was that again? Kind of yeah, like. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes I'll help like, Ellen come up with cello parts because like I mean I have my guitar parts is often what they tie into a lot Mm. so I'll just like play my guitar part and then I'll like play it on the piano and because like I can't I don't know what notes I'm playing on the guitar but like if I I can do it pretty easily by ear on the piano and then I'm like okay I'm playing these notes and then I'll be like okay what notes can go with this and then I can like kind of translate it into like music yeah yeah Theory be like, okay, maybe you should play like these notes might go well with this because this is a this chord and yeah, you're yeah. quite good at finding what the note is that gives it a good harmony. Oh, that's sound. so neat. That's cool. That's Picking really out the cool. melody. So. It's cool. You can guys sort of help each other out yeah. and relate in that way and translate stuff for each other. That's really cool. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's just looking at the shape. Like they find guitars quite shape based as well. Sure. So like watching, mm-hmm. you know, how far Joel's hands moving up the guitar or whatever. Like yeah. as well, if it's something that's yeah a bit more. Like, you can just follow it. That's yeah. crazy to me. I just, I love hearing about this stuff because, again, it's so far and it's oh, like, it's crazy you can look at someone <laughs> playing that and like coffee. No. Like, what? I have so no fucking like, idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. I just, I've seen bands do that and like, I watched my flatmate Felix play um, in the Jack Berry band for the first time recently. That was in a week, I think. And I could just tell, like, I I was watching him the whole time and he was sort of like, you know, sort of head down and then he'd look at, like, what Damon was doing, the lead guy, and sort of look back down. And I wondered how in it he was and I talked to him afterward and I said, like, were you ever sort of out of place or were you like, how did you know sort of where you were? And he's like, I'll oh, just look at Damon, what Damon was playing. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> you just look, because Damon's yeah. going like 100 miles an hour, like playing his notes. I'm like, you know where he's at? Like, that's just so crazy. But obviously those guys have like been playing um, guitar for years and sort of know exactly where it is. But that's just that concept as a whole, especially in the moment like that is so crazy. Yeah. That sounds like more like a session kind of, like a jam kind sure. of scenario. Yeah. Mm. I feel like when you're playing a gig, it's like you know exactly where you are just because you've played it so many times. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't know the notes of the guitar well enough to really look at things that I don't, yeah, I don't think I ever use like visual cues like that to kind of Mm. keep For timing, for timing, sure. Like for timing, it's like looking at the, you know, like a a nod or a. Mm. And are you relying sort of a lot of that on you, Tom, to sort of create the timing like i feel like a lot of what creates structure in the city yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. i follow him a lot we lock in real hard yeah it's kind of key elements to be involved with as well you want the bass and the yeah especially like his kick drum yeah it's like something i follow quite a lot yeah just like line up with that and then I'll be all right. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. The key, you want someone who can play the drums in time. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, Tom. Yeah. But what the, like the times I've seen you guys perform, like 
um, I didn't really know any of you except for Tom. So I was really like focused on Tom the whole time. And it just did sort of admiration about how well you can keep time. But then again, that's sort of based on how well I think time is sort of in my head as well. But it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I reckon Tom practices the most out of anyone in the band aid because like <laughs> i always come home that's, and tom's that's a new development tom's just like <laughs> playing the drums all day yeah. i'm like Fuck, I, don't I play the riffs at practice and that's it <laughs> yeah. tom's like commits a whole day to it that's sick and you, i mean you can tell because like in time it's deadly in time and then tom's like oh, i want to redo this part this part's not sounding it right yeah it's like yeah. Like, that sounds mean. <laughs> like, yeah. That's that's good though in its own way. Like for for your individuality, Tom, like to be able to commit your own time to doing that. Like if you can constantly sort of say to yourself, "No, it can be better." Like it, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. you kind of need that. You know, you need that drive. But I guess like in the setting where you've got sort of everyone involved, or you've got sort of time restraints or things you sort of need to get done, you need sort of flexibility amongst you all to be able to sort of do that. But you, you know, you sort of taking your talents further and you're obviously enjoying it what you're doing so oh yeah i love it yeah and like so. since since we all like work like everyone's ideas work so well together we have pretty like if i if i'm gonna go like oh damn i want to change this bit everyone's like yeah yeah go for it yeah <laughs> generally that's cool which, yeah. which is <laughs> does anyone have to put their foot down be like no this is it this is what we want to do no changes so has it ever been like that ever Sometimes it's only like sometimes it's, it's some a bit that... yeah. Sometimes it's only like oh, it's a bit difficult for me to concentrate if you're doing this sure. super off time part. Sure. So like for when yeah. Lucy's singing, sometimes it's like yeah. oh, just slow the wackiness down a yeah, little yeah. bit. But like and other I need to, than I need that, to be reined in, otherwise I'll just do some. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, no, but sometimes... It's just tone it down a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like, I can't fucking concentrate. Yeah, yeah and I that's mean, fair enough. Like, if, if there's something that's stopping you from doing what you're doing to contribute, there's, there's got to be some sort of exactly. line right to be like, hey, oh, I need I need a bit of a break. And I don't, I don't want to ever do anything that's going to detract from the overall sound. Yeah, that's for like, sure. That's what being a good drummer is. It's yeah. like knowing like what to play but also not like what not to play yeah, yeah like for sure. you need to you need to fit the song and the feel of the song rather than just yeah, yeah. trying to show off to everyone yeah definitely as soon as definitely. you start trying to do that it's exactly the same yeah. no matter what you're playing as well because yeah. like, definitely like in practice i'll be playing around with pedals and lucy will just come over and turn my pedal off <laughs> stupid sound job. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That was the answer I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> so but it's like you never get hard feelings about. It. Sometimes I'm like, "Why wow, this sound good?" Yeah. But like you're just like, "Okay, actually, that did sound shit." Yeah. Like, yeah. There's got to be points, eh? Like there's there's got to be times, and that's sort of why I asked the question at the start, like who's sort of the front runners? Because there's got to be somewhere, someone somewhere in the group of five that's got to oh, go. I'm hey, Lucy, guys, Lucy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. the idea. Let's stick to it. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. If Lucy didn't stop us all. <laughs> Uh, we'd we'd, we'd <laughs> spend half an hour just Could be making, a completely different band. Yeah, yeah. Making vacuum cleaner sounds. <laughs> Sampling anything you can. Yeah. Eh? That's funny. Well, sp- speaking of influences, where does sort of the idea for what the sound is that you're making sort of come from? And I'm directing this sort of more at you two, Lucy and Joel. Um, best band of all time, uh, Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> There's my, I don't know, I got super into Radiohead when I was in like high school. Yeah. And that's definitely like, I just, I just, more than like the specific music they make, like kind of just like their attitude towards like innovation and sure. guitar mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and how it's super not, I guess the biggest thing that I would say is visible in Poppers is that like we're not, fully in one genre or another like we have some really mm. shoegazy songs we have some post-rocky songs we have some like poppier math rocky songs and we we and i think that's the thing that i feel like i find influence off them because you could never say like radiohead is a shoegaze band or radiohead is a post-rock band but they definitely have those songs mm. yeah, yeah absolutely yeah i think um, well, I'm quite into Dunedin sound, so I've just, like, I really like the Verlaines a lot. Um, and I think also because 
I was going to say before, Joel and I are kind of like almost the most amateur members of the band when it comes to playing instruments. To, yeah, I, don't, I feel as if Tom and City might both be better at guitar than us, to be honest. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Because like, I, I only really started making stuff up on the guitar recently as well with the rhododendrons. Like, all right, that was the first time I was kind of properly making stuff up. So I think kind of just having that amateur approach to it and kind of just like figuring it out from what sounds good, which is like really a big part of the Dunedin sound. Like I guess a lot of those yeah. bands, they weren't proper, like, you know, none of them had really played their instruments that much before they got in a band, but then they got in a band together and then they just started making music. Mm. So That seems to be the story amongst yeah. people that I've talked to from Dunedin. It's just like, you want to yeah. be in a band? You want to be in a band? Yeah, let's do, yeah. Let's yeah. be a band, you, you know? Yeah, sounds cool and makes you happy when you play it. Definitely, definitely. I'd say Dunedin sounds definitely a big influence yeah. on the attitude as well, and even like, like just like because kind Dunedin of inevitable, sound, right? Yeah, and it's so you're gothic. Like yeah. the place you're in definitely influences like mm. where, how how the music's made. Like if you think about like other scenes around the world, like the Manchester scene is mm. so like cohesive because it's all coming from this like fucking shit place and. England, yeah, <laughs> and like the Dunedin sound scene's so gothic, and it's hard to not make some super dreary gothic shit here. Yeah, and also sort of like what we were talking about before is we're in Dunedin, we're going to gigs in Dunedin where there's other Dunedin bands. It's sort of inevitable that you would sort of end up somewhere within the yeah, Dunedin you take sound. So many you know? cues from like the exactly. bands you play with as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you hear them doing something, and you're like, oh, we kind of want to do something that sounds a bit like that, and yeah, yeah, and we take some influence there. Yeah. I think one other place that is kind of a bit of a weird place where we take influence from is, like, also when we started the band, like, because about our overlapping music tastes, like, because I, like, did Japanese at high school and I study a bit at university, I got really into Japanese music and that was kind of actually, like, my pathway into alternative music was through sure. this alternative band that I found and yeah that'll open up a few doors yeah and then like I found and so like I was just reading an interview of this guy in the band and he was saying about how he loved Radiohead and was like <laughs> oh you can make all these sounds with the guitars and like yeah so it's like a shoegaze band and like I don't know I just think some of the music we make and I didn't even like it wasn't on purpose or anything but I was just listening to it one day and I was like this actually sounds like us yeah and so I just think because that was probably the first band that I ever got really into yeah. that had a lot of influence on the music that like we make together and also because that's also a band that's ended up having like re like influence from Radiohead sure. and Shoegaze. Yeah. It all ties into each other. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. But, that's um, cool. I think it's important to be able to sort of trace back where your ideas come from because you can end up in a sort of a, a – a, egotistical sort of drive where you're going oh yeah we are you know we haven't really thought about anything else we're just we're just coming from a place of originality <laughs> which is frankly so bullshit naive. a lot of the time <laughs> so like naive. it's like no well i mean you know especially at, at the age that we are like we've really been listening to music our whole life like the concept as a whole is is, is way too um what's the word i'm looking for it's out there. It's everywhere, you know. You can't avoid it. Like, your inspiration comes from somewhere. And if I can relate to that in, in what I do, like, when I started painting, like, there were, there's no way I was just buying a canvas and just going, right, what's going to happen? I was like, oh, this guy's work is sick. I want to do something like that. And yeah, trying, to, trying to replicate, I say replicate because I don't think it was copying, but I was going, well, how is he doing that? How is he getting this result? What tools is he using to do that and so i'm going okay well it's this this and this and then try apply it in the same way and then once you've found how it works then you can use it to make something else and that's sort of how i got to where i am now and i'm sure you guys can relate to that with music it's, it's sort of it's like the exact same how these guys guitar. make that sound yeah exactly yeah, like if, if you were never to have played anyone else's songs say you were like a really skilled guitarist mm. but not uh, never had learned anyone else's songs you can put your fingers in places but like since you don't have that like wealth of knowledge behind you of oh this this pattern sounds really cool and what if i put it with something else that i know because i've played for a long time and that's where you can start taking the basis and working stuff working stuff out 
on top of that and using that as a really like a base point it's yeah, totally sure. like cut and paste and then putting it in like and then mm. backspacing it and putting it in your own words mm. is fully like yeah. what it is sometimes yeah. that can make people get stuck though because there are definitely people who can like play lots of like really complicated stuff but then it doesn't necessarily always mean that they can come up with stuff mm. and like i think i found that personally a lot for the piano like i'm still kind of scared to write stuff on the piano to be honest because it's like I don't know, I've just played so much on it and I don't really know where to start and it's because also I've played to like a high level I like want to try make up something to that high level but that's like impossible to try and like, I don't know, map something like that out and that's, I don't know. Sometimes I think that influence can kind of almost get in the way a little bit. Sometimes. For sure, for sure. Because especially if you're constantly comparing yourself to what it is that's influencing you as well you're always going to be disappointed because it's never going to be exactly what it's going to be. And and the the beauty of, of music and something I just remembered I was actually going to say before was regardless of what you're trying to do or what you like and or what you're trying to replicate, you might try and like, you know, replicate a Radiohead song or whatever, but you're probably not going to love, love that song. Like you, you definitely be in love with a band or a style of music or whatever, but if you were to do it your way, there's still something that you would probably tweak somewhere. So there's individuality with replicating things anyway. I think it's inevitable you're, you're going to end up with something different because you're still putting your spin on it, you know. You, you, you're and adding something that's your own flair. It's sort of not enough singing about whales and Radiohead songs. Yeah. <laughs> not enough girls. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> crazy how you end up in the place that you are and there's probably a lot of things that sort of happen unbeknownst to any of you that's sort of taking the band to where it is it's sort of sort of things that happen in the, within the unconscious that probably usually stem from jam sessions and things that you sort of it just sort of naturally evolves because you've got so many people's hands in the in the pot you know it's crazy so where where where's porpoise heading do you guys think like what's sort we're of next to Wellington <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah <laughs> Put the plug in, yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, his first gig in the North Island. Oh, true, sick. That's yeah. pretty cool. How did that get hooked up? Um, Are you guys sort of like doing all the the organising yourselves? Like, you, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> had you been reached out to, or had you reached um, yeah, out? Yeah, we'd been reached out to by um, this guy who I think knew us from like people at the Trace on like people at Trace Untrace had kind of told them about us. Um, and then he hit us up at like the start of the year. And then I decided that maybe we should try organize a tour. So I kind of looked into it a yeah. little bit, but everywhere was booked. Oh dear. Um, so <laughs> we're actually just playing like a house gig. Um, we hit that guy up again because he, you know, suggested we do a house gig and that's what we've got going. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like a house gig. As in these other musicians that are playing house music, or do you no. like oh, no. oh, at a house? It's like at a house, house. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a party. So I was like, oh, interesting. Like a ticketed house party. Oh, yeah. with, um, well, two other bands crazy. as well. It'll That's be sick. awesome. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. But hopefully, we can organize like a proper tour, like at some point. I was kind of looking into one in July, but I think we might just wait until the end of the year, maybe when we've got some new music out that we can promote at the same time and then like go on a proper tour everywhere definitely definitely because you guys got an ep coming out soon right yeah yeah so it'd be nice to have six days away true oh next fifth of april that's pretty exciting it's been a long time coming how many songs five five has it been in the works sort of from the get-go or we've been sitting on it for ages we've had it since december whoa yeah, and it's yeah. quite a while now. What are we yeah. April? Yeah. Doesn't feel like that long ago though. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We started it honestly pretty soon after we formed because yeah. we formed in September was our first gig, and then basically after that, as soon as like uni was over, we like got into recording, and then hopefully that happens again at the end of this year. Like yeah. I would be yeah, so interested in doing an album mm-hmm. and like not even have that many more songs in the ep just have like fucking eight tunes yeah because yeah. the ep is still 25 minutes long with five songs <laughs> yeah. yeah it's decent yeah it's pretty yeah has there been so, tracks yeah. that you've sort of i always am curious to see like what an artist decides is ep worthy and what is not is there sort of things that you 
put aside as you as you go along or is it sort of like yeah, there's this one, one idea song. that you're trying to work towards yeah we only put one song aside for that yeah. that we had come up with because we just thought it was a bit boring yeah yeah and, and we, we don't play that anymore like fully develop that one as well no. i feel like oh, could okay. come back one day yeah that's cool though it, that's it must be so exciting i guess to find because like i'm sure these points when you're just sort of jamming and making more music that you come up with something you're like oh that's kind of ep worthy or like you know it sounds like it would fit into everything else and you end up chopping and changing things with that most of them were just songs like that we already had john and i already had from the rhododendrons and then we kind of didn't really have any other songs to choose from, to be honest. We're like, oh, yeah, this is enough to make an EP. Like, yeah. So, so and, all pretty cohesive tunes. So. Yeah. And I, I did really like all the songs. It flows mm. really well. Because it was, fit together really to nicely. be fair, it was more like the best of the rhododendrons. Yeah. But like also the rhododendrons that the rhododendrons couldn't work out. Like yeah. it was like two great rhododendron songs and then – the songs that we just were having trouble with and these guys just helped us out with. Sick. Yeah. Like, and just made them completely different, yeah. way better. Yeah. I guess we weren't going to put Blue Well on it originally. We were kind of thinking about it and then we are like, oh, maybe we'll just leave it. But then we did decided to, decide to record it. But we had to kind of like almost hurriedly like get it all together mm-hmm. just before we recorded that was definitely the most last it, minute edition it might be like the best track on yeah that i think EP. it's my favorite like one so, and i mean we ended up naming it after it like, yeah that's cool that's that's good information to know from someone that's going to go into the ep fresh to yeah. know what song the band likes because then yeah. having a whole other idea all, of that's going to come yeah that's true because they all all are quite different i think that's something that i wanted to make sure was like that all the tracks were quite different because I, I, it's how when you try to get into a band for the first time, like I had this, for example, with the Smiths. I listened to the Smiths and I was like, fuck yeah, this is cool. But every song sounds the same. And it didn't take me till like, you know, a year of listening to Smiths where I was like, actually, this is awesome. But like besides, like it was still like I wanted, and I think what we do really well in the EP personally is just like all the songs sound completely different. Mm. Yeah, but I, they all sh- like share parts, like oh, share, for sure. share mm-hmm. themes throughout the song, like little like musical motifs that tie them all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with them all being quite different, they all flow really well, mm. which is yeah. really cool. So it's, it's it, good to have. It's definitely, it definitely sounds, it's definitely not a collection of songs. It's definitely a yeah. five track EP yeah, that, has, that should be listened to as such. Sick. That's good, yeah. yeah. And not a lot of people, I think, do that these days. I feel like the way music is consumed or even put together is just like bang a bang a bang a bang, rather yeah, than being like an album. Honestly, it kind of is borderline like concept EP yeah. based on like the natural world, like because we have like a song called Blue Whale, a song called Kudu, which is a type of antelope, and then a song called Sperm Whale, and like, and there's all different perspectives of the natural world, like one from from one of the animals, one from like fascination of the animal and one from like actively hunting and like the human's relationships with animals. That's like, interesting. Okay. So, so how, so how does that, how do you even put that into like, how do you, how do you, how would you describe that concept? Like how do you, how do you come up with something that well, fits you, that? You just gotta be Is it just within yourself? At writing songs about your feelings. <laughs> 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 Well, I'm gonna write about me chasing an antelope. <laughs> I just cannot. In the literal sense, it's in the, it's in the lyrics. Yeah. Kudu's pretty like to the point with the like Sometimes, how it deals yeah. with the animal theme. But I think it can my, be written to metaphorically as well. Yeah. So I metaphorical. think I, I don't. My favorite one, I think, is sperm whale. For, like the for one, that aspect. For yeah. that aspect, because it's like we wrote it. Joel and I wrote that one together, the lyrics for it, and it's from that like perspective of a whale that's being whaled, but like it realizes it's being like followed by a whaling ship. Yeah, and it's kind of because uh, sperm whales are fucking genius. They're super smart. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like putting yourself into like being that sperm whale, realizing you're being hunted, realizing you really don't have an escape from these like foreigners and you're in your realm but also like i was i was like putting way too heavy like just like 
were writing about sperm whale, but then Lucy's like, no, I'm going to make the lyrics like it could be from a human's perspective as well. Like, well, that, yeah. I think yeah, anything animal-related sort of becomes metaphorical in mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. You, you're always going to interpret it as such, and especially when you're looking at something in an art form, you sort of go, oh, well, what's the deeper meaning? Mm. You know, yeah, what is this really mean. about? You know, no one's going to go, oh, yeah, this is a sperm whale. You know, they're gonna go, what, is this, <laughs> yeah. what does this mean we to just humans? We try to make it more ambiguous, I think, that yeah. one. Like, yeah. That's cool. It's an interesting concept. I'm very interested to listen now. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's not like a couple of months away because this is cool to talk to you guys and see yeah. how it all sort of comes together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's yeah. so sick. That's awesome. Awesome. So what... what I don't know. I don't, I've, I've run out of things to say. I mean, this is this is this is oh, great. Also, just want to thank Peter, Peter Maltino. Oh, oh that's was actually what I was going to ask you. Like, who does it, all of that did stuff? Did such for? an incredible job. He's a beast. He's he's fantastic. Mm. He's love of my life. Did you did you did you guys all get in the studio with him, or did you just sort of yeah. send things? to him? No, we're all in there. Oh, the um the EP was when we recorded it. We all we did it um like as a. A live set as well, so we all played together mm-hmm. to yep. record the songs rather so. than multi-tracked everything. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I, I think just re- sang afterwards, and Alan came in afterwards, yep. which I think really, really adds to how it sounds. Definitely. Oh, it, any any band wants that, right? You want to play like, as we, the band. We'd practice for like a week straight before we went up to the studio. Yeah, and um, I don't know. As as compared to like playing, say if it was just me and City. Um, doing drums and bass and then tracking guitars over the top you don't get that same feel that you get with everyone out, with everyone playing at once yeah for sure because like we all lock into each other definitely I don't know and you get like with, and you get um, like bleed through from everything into the overheads and it makes it sound a bit more full sure and it, I don't know it's, I was really glad we did it that way definitely, yeah. um, definitely. it sounds way more organic yeah it has way more energy as well I think yeah yeah. it's like punchier and so that's what you want. You want, yeah. you want everyone. You want that vibe there of everyone because there's literally core elements from everyone. You know what makes the band the band yeah. is having it, everyone there, right? It, what I like it the most about it is it makes it. Um, it's literally just how we play it, rather than like a yeah. really like polished surgical tracking separate parts to get everything perfect mm-hmm. and right. We just like yeah, stub the song, play the song. In terms of your inst- individual instrumentation so like with UCD like if if you're if you're playing the bass line I presume you're running it through different pedals and things to create a certain sound as you do with most guitars is there no no not true straight into the amp yes yeah, okay so there's there's no real like critique from your end as to how the bass sounds or to sort of, sort of go back to you like no. who's sort of? I, th- I think it's sort, he's sort of, of going. Just, I wish I uh, I want it to sound a wee bit like this, and get Peter to tweak it this way or that way, or is it well, sort of like? Actually, I showed up there, and then there was something wrong with my bass. I just been playing oh. up recently. <laughs> yeah. Well, for a while actually now, and then <laughs> since December. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe longer. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, showed up, and then he's just like, "Oh, do you want to use my bass?" Yeah. So I use his bass, which is much better. Oh right. So it's just instantly gratifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so <laughs> yeah, it did. I need to. I might need to get a new bass or new pickups. Or yeah. Something like that. It's funny when you you pick up someone else's vice you know and and you're like oh wow this is what it either should be like or yeah. like oh this is how it can be different because mm-hmm. you can get really accustomed to the one thing and you make adaptations to suit the thing that you have you know and and the problems as well you go okay well i have to deal with this so i do this and then you go oh wow it's nice to have this back again or whatever whatever aspect it was about the instrument that you were you know trying to get so is, is that pretty commonplace with bass like is there typically it's typically all pretty raw like when you're playing wow. and recording well for or is that me, just sort yeah, of your yeah i've never really messed with pedals with bass before yeah. But I, it's definitely something I want to but get. But it's a thing. I haven't just got yeah, out yeah, of one. Yeah. <laughs> we did do a bit of, uh, in a few of the songs, we did a bit of um, post-processing on the mm-hmm. bass to give it a bit of um, distortion. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's sort of what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. cool. Because I, I, I know... the dynamics a bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I guess I can sort of probably ask everyone that question is that when you're playing your instrument, when you're recording, is it sort of on your own terms to decide how you're going to distort or do whatever to that instrument or is that sort of coming back to one person saying oh we don't want it sounding like this we want it like that with our type of music that we play like the pedals you use and the effects you use is 
a part of the songwriting. Yes. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess we were sounding like we how we wanted to sound before we went into recording. Yeah. So there wasn't really much to change. No. Um, in terms of mixing and stuff, um, if any of us had any suggestion, you would just just sing out. And everyone's in the room. We can all weigh in on the idea, and then Pete works his magic and goes, "How does this sound?" Yeah. And everyone goes, "Hmm, more of this, less of that." Yeah. And yeah. We also did a bunch of like acoustic guitar overdubbing. Oh right. Um, yeah. in some of the songs, like just to kind of I don't know, beef up the sound a bit, I guess. Sure. And like some of the guitars, we would double track as well, like um, just to kind of bring out either the like guitar melody a bit more or like have it be a bit clearer and stuff like that. So overdubbing for someone that doesn't know is Oh, we just like do another track of it. So okay, just have two right. just, different just ones. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like sure. example like for Kudu and Spermo, I use like four distorted guitar tracks oh, over wow. the top. Yeah. Just so it sounded Was it really cute. that many? For I think so. Oh goodness. Yeah, Man. I played that Kudu riff water and, we ha- <laughs> so and, and with the and acoustic so, guitar yeah and so they're all playing over top of each other so when it comes yeah. in it's just like fucking mm-hmm. yeah like, you know like yeah. yeah but they're really low down though so like even though the acoustic guita- guitar is there it's not necessarily always that audible and that's kind of what we wanted to do is just i don't know just have a really like full sound mm. and i guess that's where the cello came in as well is like just kind of yeah because we did some like um like alan played some cello lines twice or like did harmonies with the cello mm. to kind of almost like replicate a st- little string orchestra sure so what's recording the, the cello like like do you was peter sort of like oh god or was it was it pretty sort of <laughs> he was pretty excited i think yeah, cool. i think it was his first time recording cello so, and so we just kind of stuck a mic in front of it yeah. and yeah, I was pretty happy with how it sounds because, like, oh. I don't know, I used to play in a school jazz band and yeah. they kind of stick a mic in front and you never hear yourself. Sure. I'm probably glad I couldn't hear myself, like, <laughs> listening back to some <laughs> of the, like, recordings and stuff. But, like, yeah, and so, and you don't have, it's interesting, like, even the different gigs and stuff we've done, you have, don't really have control over what kind of aspects of the cello sound they're coming across. Sure. But, like, yeah. yeah, when we're up in the studio, I was like, yep, that's cool. That sounds like a cello. Like, yeah. you know, so, so it was yeah. really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's cool to have that feedback right if someone actually have it played back to you and be like this is what you're doing this is what you're not doing yeah. it's like we we're talking about before we started this it's like listening to your own voice back it's like oh that's what i do that's what i don't do sort of thing and you, you can sort of amend things if need be or come to grips with something that it is you're doing in that procedure which is pretty cool and and i guess like yeah i don't know that's again it's so cool to have a cello like involved it's, it's just it's just so so unique, and I think that's that's what differentiates you guys from a lot of people that are in this sort of setting. It's like you've got that other element, so it's pretty cool to be involved. I think in we want way. more. Right? Yeah, They're like it's, it's kind horns. of a, it's kind of a thing that's happening right now. I think in kind of like this this like post rock setting or like you know this alternative rock setting where like like. <clears throat> Like horns and strings is becoming way more commonplace. Like I'm really into this band right now, uh, called Black Country New Road, and they have like a violin player, a piano player, and a, like a classically trained saxophone player, Sick. as well as two yeah. guitarists and a drummer. And it's like, and I know in Wellington there's a couple bands like uh, like Queen's Cup. Queen's Cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have like eight members in it. Crazy. And it's kind, it's kind of this little like genre that's kind of popping up yeah. where you have all these like more classical instruments and you definitely. have this big like, band definitely. jazz feeling like orchestral sort of post yeah yeah and yeah. it was like i mean the more the merrier really right exactly. like when it comes until, to harmonies and until things, you're like, organizing you practice <laughs> <laughs> definitely or like definitely. hey when really can you guys enough. go on tour yeah, <laughs> yeah. you guys want to play gig this weekend i i Why look at the <laughs> yeah i look at the other dunedin band um blue cheese and how they orchestrate oh, right all of themselves i think there's nine members it's like good god like how are you all available at any one time to put something together it's crazy they're doing some cool stuff very yeah, sort of how you thing. would do that they, like, yeah I, they, um, their lineup is fairly fluid as well. sure yes sure they can so chop and change and, yeah yeah um, i imagine their kind of creative process is a, is not as like yeah yeah it's just kind of like, let's go everyone yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and i guess like 
even if you're missing a couple of things or elements to the music, there's probably already sort of a core structure there. It doesn't matter if you lost one or two because they're just they they might just bring an extra the yeah, extra oomph adding, to something adding, to so you're just layering and layering so you can strip it back enough. Whereas if you've only got say two or three to two to four band members, it's like you're missing one. You've got yeah, a lot there to, to work to yeah. work with afterward. Yeah, so that's cool. Awesome. Um, yeah crazy i've run out of questions like this, this <laughs> in a good way like we've sort of covered everything i want to talk to you guys about this is really cool so um looking forward to your ep release this sounds like it's going to be really cool you guys are all pretty happy with how it's sounding where can we listen to that when it's when it comes out spotify. everywhere everywhere yeah, yeah. Everywhere. spotify youtube spotify Bandcamp, youtube so. apple music awesome, awesome. <laughs> title Title. <laughs> Feeling oh, his title. Go to title. Awesome. Oh well, thanks for coming, guys. This was really cool. I really enjoyed the dynamic of having six people in the room. It's a good flow. Good. Um, so I appreciate you guys coming yeah, on. Uh, we look forward to EP release. Um, yeah. Again, thanks for coming on. This is brilliant. Cheers, guys. Thank Bye. you. Everyone. Thanks. Thank awesome. you. See ya. <laughs> cool. Awesome, guys. Well done. That was fun. That was really, that was really that good. Was nice. Yeah. What about that? That's a tight, tight hour. That's good. Solid. Oh, is that an hour? Yeah. Oh. Home Audio Entertainment. Nine zero one six Radio. The show for artists of all kinds. Sit down and relax. Enjoy the music. <laughs>